listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Ryan Layton, and I'm joined this week by Yance Arrington and Bruce Wesley. Hey. How you guys? What's up, guys? How much? Hey, so today, this is actually the 100th episode. Oh, how about that? Oh, oh, Yeah, so we started this a couple of years t-shirts. ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. That's how we celebrate anniversaries around here. But <laughs> no t-shirts this time. Oh. So today's discussion, I want to talk about some uh, changes, some things that are happening in the life of Clear Creek that, uh, you know, for those of you who are listening, you uh, you might be aware because you probably saw some emails that went out earlier on this summer about some things that we're going to be doing this fall and wanted to give you a little more of the backstory behind it, what motivated some of these changes and um, what went into it, how we're thinking through all those things. So brought in the guys who are influential in setting the direction and the course of of the changes that we had in mind here. So maybe with we'll start with Bruce. Why don't you just go through and talk through some of the things that we are we're going to be doing maybe a little bit differently coming up this fall. Okay. So uh, one of the things that we're changing is definitely we're we're extending our services by about 10 minutes. And um I think that's a really important change for us for our spiritual formation. I mean, there are things that we want to do in worship services that will help us grow, help us grow you know, closer together, but also help us grow in our faith that we're not able to do in the constrained time that we have. And um, really on the heels of COVID, we, we saw this as an opportunity uh, to to make that change. So that's one important change that we're making. All right, let's keep rolling with them, and then we'll talk about each one. Okay, separately. well, uh, another change that is actually, as far as this recording is happening, it's coming in a couple of days where we move to a concurrent teaching menu. In other words, all of our campuses will have the same, for example, on a Sunday, Egret Bay, East 96, West Campus, so on and so forth. These Clear Lake, these campuses will all be... Uh, having the same sermon in the same series at the same time. So we usually, uh, not usually, but for the last uh, several years, uh, Egret Bay has led the way. For example, Bruce will preach a sermon on Sunday, and then the rest of our campuses will follow that uh, the next week. That's not happening anymore. This coming Wednesday, for example, Bruce is going to preach the first part of our new series, The Way, and uh, lead off. We'll film that. And then this weekend... This coming weekend on Sunday, uh, some people will get that live and some people will get it on video, but it'll all be the same. Everyone's together. That's the concurrent step that we are taking this week. All right. And then the third one is not going to happen right away, but we're going to be moving towards... We're going to be moving toward live teaching at all of our campuses eventually. That's going to be a long journey. We'll talk about that journey, Mm -hmm. but we're really excited about how... um, there's going to come a day when all the teaching is live at all campuses. Okay. All right. So we make any kind I'm of... so glad you didn't say there were four things, because you already stressed us out by just saying, what are the three? Yeah. <laughs> and no notes in front of us about that. So is that... Uh, did we hit the yeah, big that's three? three? Okay. Yeah, that's all three. Okay. All right. All right. We, we talked on. about, unless there's another one. That no, my gosh. About. I hope not. All right. So whenever we make any shifts or changes in how we do some things, it really brings up a good discussion about what motivates decisions like that, about uh, the mission of the church and the strategy and how do we go about um, carrying out that mission. And so I guess more to talk more broadly about these three decisions in particular, uh, what motivated these changes? Well, I would say mission. It's just, you know, the the short answer is mission. Uh, The discussion obviously is, okay, 
how does our mission really affect these things? Obviously, uh, with the time of our services, we have been um, having 55 to 60-minute services for decades now. So uh, this is a significant shift for us. But the, the hope was always that we could have more time in the worship service experience. And um, forever, we couldn't do it because of having three services on Sunday morning. And so trying to figure out how you're going to have a 70-minute service on Sunday mornings um, three times, well, good luck figuring that out. Yeah. Yeah. So I think for some people, they might think, so 10 minutes, like that's what we're talking about? You made a decision to make your services 10 minutes longer? Like why was that such a big deal? Well, we let's just say we officially made that decision. <laughs> I mean, there there've probably been there probably been services that have gone longer. And I, I don't say probably. There have been services that have gone longer because and some campuses do that on a regular basis. They're talking about what 10 minutes. That's true. <laughs> that's <laughs> true. And and sometimes I can't get my sermon uh I, I can't control it and it's it's longer than it probably should be. But the the idea behind it is as Bruce said, it's really all about mission. So we've always tried to be about removing barriers for the unchurched and so that they might have a greater chance and effectiveness to receive Christ and the goodness of the gospel. We've always been about that. And so we've always made decisions in light of our mission. And so we've, I mean, Bruce has been teaching this ever since I got here and I got here, not but a few years after we started. And it really is like over over time, as culture change changes and uh, places that we plant change, and as the times change, uh, that produces different kinds of barriers throughout the decades. And so something that wouldn't have been a barrier maybe 10 years ago is now, or at least it seems to be on the horizon a barrier. And so, for example, one of those is maybe the, the length of our services. We, we do have this kind of compressed 55-minute service where everything feels like it's got to happen. Just, I mean, if, if people saw the precision at how we do what we do, I, I think it's kind of mind-boggling, but there's just not a lot of air in the service. There's not a lot of space in the service to, for example, give greater explanation about why we do stuff. Like, you know, how do we really, how are we missional about the finances we use in our giving? How, uh, how, how important is it that we're a people of prayer and that we spend some time praying? And those are things that sometimes get pushed to the wayside, not because they're unimportant, but because we've run out of time. And as Bruce alluded to, with COVID, it, it just, we knocked out all of our services and now we're back to two. And so with two services, we feel like we can be a little more effective. What I would want to tell people is, oh, you, you guys want to preach longer. This is why we're doing this. So you can preach like, you know, if you're doing 35 minutes, now it's 45. And Bruce and I have been actually knocking around this idea for maybe five years to seven years. And it was never so that we could preach more. I would argue that I'll speak for me. I feel like I'm at my sweet spot. 33 minutes, 35 minutes. That's kind of how I've I feel like that's 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 really great for me. I think Bruce is probably similar, maybe at a touch or minute or two down from that. We're not looking to preach more. We're actually looking to have uh, a 10 minute longer service so that we can be more effective at the stuff we're already doing in the service. And again, at the end, we hope that as you're bringing your lost friends on your elbow, uh, that they sense that difference, that we have a, a, a chance to worship a little more deeply through music, song, giving, um, and all these other elements that we'd like to, that we already do, but just to give it a little more sense to what we're doing. So when we plan a service to lead unchurched people to be fully devoted followers of Jesus, when we have that in mind, uh, with 55 to 60 minutes, we always have other things that we would have done in that service had we had a little more time. 
but they always get trimmed off because the service has to end in 55 to 60 minutes so that we can turn things around in the amount of time to have three services on a Sunday. So what are those things? Um, we're talking about, as Yancey alluded to, uh, praying more together, sharing in the Lord's Supper together, mm, yeah. uh, talking about kind of the... Uh, Yancey alluded to this too. We want to give people who are unchurched an orientation to the activities of a worship service. Like some people have never been to church. All of a sudden they come into the church, it's kind of they're unaware of why we do what we do. And so to be able to add a little bit to explaining that. But also uh, sometimes it really is a matter of spending more time just meditating on the Word of God in the songs that we sing and together worshiping in a way that can be uh, either more reflective or more celebrative, depending on you know what the plan of the day is. And all those things we think are not just helpful, although they are that, uh, even essential to doing all that we can do to lead unchurched people to be fully devoted followers of Christ in a, in a worship service. And I left one, an important one out, and that is calling to response, mm. you know, because sometimes we really have to compress this call to response as well. I'm curious, Ryan, as a campus pastor, uh, how does a longer service, 10 minutes, which again, maybe to outsiders or people that aren't in the inner workings of what we do feels like, what's 10 minutes? That's nothing. But how that's a whole huge amount of real estate now that you have in your service to think about. How, how do you feel about having longer services from a campus, pa- campus pastor's perspective? Oh, I've, I've been excited about it just because, it, like you said, it, it allows a whole lot of uh, opportunity to be able to, to pastor people throughout the service and be able to, you know, tell stories about how God's working around the world and pray for our global partners and do, do some things that uh, it's hard to, to fit in that, that time frame. Um, you know, I think one of the reasons why it was hard to make the shift mm. before when we had, at least at Eager Bay, three services, we had a 30-minute gap between each service is there's there's a service turnover that has to happen that I think a lot of people don't know that it happens. I mean, children's ministry volunteers are they have to clean the whole area again. They're having to you know check a bunch of kids out, check new kids in. Same thing with the parking team. I mean, they're moving hundreds of cars out and then turning back back around and moving hundreds of cars back cars cars back in. Um, so with COVID and having two services and having a built-in gap of 45 minutes between those services, it allowed us to um, lengthen the service and and really maintain a 30 to 35 minute gap between services. So there's a lot of logistical things that you know we had to consider. And we're now in a spot where those logistical questions and you know complications have all been ironed out. And now we have the freedom to, to do this. So yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we've been talking about this a long time. We and have. so let, let's just be honest about some of the tensions that we felt. You know, some people felt like, well, if we really wanted to lead unchurched people to be fully devoted followers, if we can tell them an hour, it just feels safer to them than to say it's going to be 70 minutes. And we really weighed that out and, and landed on the side of saying, it, we want to create the best experience we can for people who don't know Jesus. And we think that 70 minutes, if we're responsible with it, we're going to try to be as best we can, uh, is going to be a better experience than the 60 minutes that they would have had otherwise. And, you know, we can't guarantee it's the same thing for every person, obviously. But if we're going to lead unchurched people to be fully devoted followers of Christ, we think that's the best call. And I mean, in short, and I, I hate product language because I don't think it's it's too misunderstood, but I would simply say we feel like in doing this, 
we can, by the Lord's grace, have better services. Just better services, services that honor God all the more, that are more, uh, that are clearer about the gospel intentionality behind our elements, that give campus pastors more freedom to shepherd. I mean, we just, in the end, we feel like this is a better end result, and uh, and then we'll, you know, like we always do, we'll evaluate it. Yep. You know, well, six months, a year into it, hey, we may need to do this for, you know, let's add twenty more minutes. Now, I'm I'm, I'm being facetious, but I, I'm not being facetious about we'll evaluate it and see how how people respond to it. So we're looking forward to seeing how this works. And I think the most part, people are pretty positive and excited about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So what about concurrent? Uh, what went into making that decision? Now, Yancey, you mentioned that we've been for at least a few years, been a week delay. It's been what, 14 that, yeah. that West Campus has been in existence. And so they've always been a week delayed. And as we've added other campuses, um, just continuing on that same trajectory of those of being a week delayed. So what went into making the decision to shift to be concurrent. How, I mean, how does that advance the mission? Well, let me let me start off, and then I'll, I'll just hand the baton to Bruce about how that took place. But I, I really pushed back against this for a long time because uh, I, I represent the preaching team. And so I was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We got to, you know, here's what it would take to be concurrent. And part of that felt like, oh, I'd, I'd rather preach more often and then give all these other campuses the sermon I get to pick out of the three that I did at Egret Bay. And, uh, you know, there was just some, there's probably some internalizing for me that I had to work through. But, but I mean, I've come to a place where even I've thought, no, this really is the best decision for us. Um, and I'll let Bruce kind of tell the story about how, how we got there. But I'm, I'm excited about it. And, and uh, well, before I talk about any kind of challenges into it, Bruce, why don't you tell us kind of how we got there? Yeah, I, th- I think what we want for everyone is this experience in worship and in group that is the best possible experience. And so those two things came into tension through this whole thing. So we'll talk about the tensions later, but uh, where we landed on that is we wanted to give everyone an opportunity, even if they're in group with people from another uh, campus, to be able to worship together and then be able to talk about what they're learning together in group and in community. You know, Ryan, you lead Clear Creek Resources, and so we're trying to continue the conversation through Clear Creek Resources. And as you know, uh, and some may not know as well, is that it creates confusion sometimes because people didn't hear the same message on a given weekend, and it's hard to continue that conversation. Uh, It's hard to plan on what we're going to say on social media so that we don't give away, you know, some information that was relevant to a sermon that other people haven't heard when we were not concurrent. So concurrent makes it all simpler in regard to our communication with the community at large, with the people in our church, and it serves well those who are in small group together who have heard the same message and now can be you know discussing the same message instead of saying wait 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 remember I didn't hear that message because right. I'm at yeah. a different campus than you and uh, so we're we're really excited about concurrent again tons of complications with it but overall uh, I think it's going to be well worth it. What do you Absolutely. think about how have the um, I know that you work in concert with the other campus pastors how have you and the other campus pastors felt about this move? Uh, I think from a campus perspective, um, I think what will be helpful is just being able to work together on some things and be integrate more integrated in our communication. And I mean, it's, it's like Bruce talked about, it comes down to spiritual formation or the discipleship of the church. So, I mean, when this podcast is posted, 
we can say that yesterday you heard Bruce preach on uh, the first message of the way called Saints Together, right? And we previously couldn't say that because we didn't know when people heard a certain sermon, but now we know that the church is hearing a sermon on this date, and um, except for Wednesdays. Wednesdays is the Wednesday prior. Sure. Um, But at least as far as Sundays go, we know that we're all on the same page. As Bruce is talking about, we're continuing the conversation. Everyone's at the same point in the conversation versus at different points. And so um, as far as campus pastors being able to work together on some of those elements within the the service to be on the same page, um, the follow-up and the communication and just the ongoing conversations with people, I think will will really just help grow us deeper in our love for Jesus, help us to be on mission, um, all those things. One so, of the things that I think is going to be a home run is that now the social media is all going to be um, relevant to what we're all about to hear or all just heard. Mm-hmm. You know, So we, we've said we're making these changes for the sake of mission. It's clear then that if social media can help support every one of us who love an unchurched person who doesn't know Jesus. We pray for them regularly. We're in conversation with them. Now we can kind of harness social media to help communicate with them, invite them to church, as well as uh, you know, uh, create dialogue for um, for our hope to witness to them. Mm-hmm. And so you, you said a term Wednesday prior, just to give people a context for that. So you know what what that'll mean is starting this week. And again, when you'll, I guess you'll hear this after it's already happened, but every Wednesday, that's, we call it Wednesday priority. So what that means is every Wednesday, uh, that'll, that will lead, instead of it being at Eager Bay on Sunday and everyone else the following Sunday catching up, uh, Bruce, Ryan, Yancey, Aaron, someone will preach Wednesday night, and that will be the sermon that goes that, that, that following weekend uh, to all of our campuses. And so Wednesday nights will be 100% live. That's a big shift. So if you're out there and you're like, man, I don't know if I've ever wanted to go to Wednesday because I don't know if I'm going to video or not, it's it has to be live 100% of the time because that is the that's the service we will capture uh, these the 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 message for to use at all of our other campuses that aren't already live. So it'll be like if Bruce preaches this weekend, or excuse me, this Wednesday, he'll be live potentially at Egret Bay on Sunday, but then he may be on video somewhere else and someone else may be preaching that sermon. You know, there's all kinds of stuff going on, but we're all together, but Wednesday's is leading the way from this point on. Yeah. All right. What about live teaching? And then we'll go back and talk about how concurrent and live teaching, just the, the challenges that's... Well, let me say one more thing, if you don't mind, before yeah, go we go to live teaching. You know, one of the things I'm so excited about is... When I get to preach at Egret Bay, I don't have to be conscious of being on video. Yeah. So yeah, what people one. may not be aware of is, you know, we have to be aware of saying morning or evening or making some reference to now uh, that maybe a, a news event happened today. And I can't say today because that message may have not been, you know, it was going to be shown another time. And uh, it, it really does mess with you, you know, and it it feels like you're not as present in the moment sometimes. Now, granted, we're still going to have to do that on Wednesday night to some degree, but I can't wait to get to preach at Egret Bay and not be so mindful about not interacting with the room in a way uh, that wouldn't translate to, to another spot. You, you would. This is in the past, you would call this the, the third service. The yeah. Egret Bay third service will yeah. be like all of them. Because, Ryan, tell people what you say about the third service at Egret Bay. Yeah, so before we had three services, the, the middle service typically was the one that um, 
that would be recorded to go to the other campuses. So the third service was, I mean, it was it was Yancey unplugged or unscripted a little bit more. I mean, usually Bruce stuck to his all Bruce three is much more disciplined than yeah. I am. Yancey, that was that was the one that usually went at least five to ten minutes long, and uh, all the all the things that were on the cutting room floor. Yancey picked him back up and threw him back in the sermon. And uh, I talked to people in the congregation, yeah. just single them out. It's, he's getting a little tired and loopy, so he's just saying. <laughs> I didn't funny know what stuff. was I speaking just, in English. Yeah, I don't even remember. Just, so yeah. there yeah. really will be a freedom for us to 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 have a more incarnational message. That's a big fancy word to simply say. We're, we're just going to be all the more present. So uh, I, I know for me, if I'm preaching and I see someone or you know, if something's happened, I can address it right then and there and talk about, hey, did you see this guy last week when he was serving someone else and not feel like, I mean, I'm not being recorded by this anymore. So there, there is a freedom in that for us to be fully present there in a way that we, you just can't do it when you're being video. That's just, that's completely yeah. true. Yeah, at least just have to keep in mind that there is another audience that will, that will get this not physically present at that time. Yeah. yeah. All right. So what about live teaching? Well, what, what, here's the place that we've come to. So we made a, a strategic decision years ago based on the model that we had that Bruce and I were going to be kind of the main teachers and Greg Poor was going to be kind of the guy that we would be supporting us. So it was kind of this, this triumvirate of, of teachers. And we felt like, okay, the best way we can replicate ourselves in a multi-campus model is by video. We we had some churches that we that we really looked to as benchmarkers to to follow that model. And so I, I would say we've seen our church grow in that model. But over time, and I'll let Bruce correct me uh, as I've done this analysis. But over time, we've we've come to realize and see that that if we could choose between if you were going to bring a friend to a service, would they rather watch someone on video or see someone live? And I think the argument overwhelmingly is we would rather see someone live. And so that's, that's been in the back of our head. And so what we're, what we're trying to do, and this is a, this is a long-term project, long-term plan. So I don't want people to think, oh my gosh, this is happening next week. Um, we we're, we're trying to pare down the, the number of times we do videos in order to bring up the number of times we can do live. And so hopefully at some point in the future, and it, and it could be a year or years, we don't know because there's a lot of things at play and I don't know if we want to get into all of them or not, but just on this, on just at the first page here, uh, at some point our hope is to be fully live hundred percent. So concurrence, the first step to get there live is that second big nugget uh, or that hill we got to climb. And it's a big hill. It's going to take a lot of effort to get there, but that is in our sights sometime in the future. So I don't know if that answers everything that you want us to answer, but uh, again, we're trying to do that because we feel like it's more missionally strategic for us today to do that. Yeah. And when we talk about mission, I mean, Yancey mentioned this, but um, let's say we're, we're talking to someone who's a part of Clear Creek who is inviting their friends to come and be a part of the church experience with them. If we were to say, um, is video a barrier to you inviting your friends? Our, not research, I'll just call it anecdotal experiences, uh, were yes. It's it's not a barrier to hearing the message and growing. Uh, so typically people would say to me, you know what, I'm used to it, and so it's great with me. But if I'm inviting a friend... I know now I have another hill to climb. Not only can I 
invite them to come. But now I need to explain to them what they're going to experience because they're going to expect a live teacher. And so they say for some, uh, it becomes a barrier to inviting their friends. Well, let's just be clear. You know, everything that we do as a church really is built around the idea that we're going to love people who are far from God. We're going to pray for them. We're going to share faith with them, and we're going to invite them to be a part of the same community with us. And so if we're creating barriers to people inviting their friends, even if it's a very difficult and convoluted thing, convoluted is maybe overstated, but um, we need to address that. So that's why we said, okay, uh, we're going to move toward all live. Number one reason is because we want the people of Clear Creek to not be um, encumbered in inviting their unchurched friends to come experience uh, the worship of, of God at Clear Creek. All right, so you mentioned that it's, there are oftentimes difficulty uh, it's difficult to overcome some of those barriers, right? So there's challenges that go with it. It's not just a flip of a switch to say, okay, well, then we'll just go live. We'll just go concurrent, and yep. that's not going to be uh, a problem at all. Um, what is unique about being live and concurrent 100% that makes it such a, a big change, at least internally yep. or in your own work yep. rhythms of how you write sermons? And you know, what does it look like to have four different campuses on a Sunday preaching that same message with four different preachers? So I... Let's just take concurrent and its challenges, because I think live brings a, a different dynamic to those challenges. So here are the challenges we're already facing once we've decided to go concurrent. Uh, so our, our usual rhythm that Bruce and I have been living into, I don't know, for a long, long time, I, I don't know how long it was then when, when we quit doing the gathering as we knew it. And again, for mission, we kind of c- consolidated kind of the Wednesday service, the gathering, for those old timers that remember that. And the Sunday service where we went to just Sundays is kind of what we did. From, from that point on, that's been our rhythm. I mean, I, I study on Mondays and Tuesdays and Wednesdays. And, you know, we're, we're, our week looks different based on our, our sermon prep uh, now because I'm preparing for Sunday, right? So I know what days I'm off. I know what days I got to prepare. Now Sunday moves to Wednesday, and that throws my whole rhythm off. Now, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it's just different living into that. I, I did that for almost 15 years when I led the gathering. And it's a different world because everyone's living in one orbit and you're living in a different one. And so that's that's challenging to get into that kind of rhythm. Uh, and and not, not just that. So what, what makes it a little more complex is that uh, you've got to write a sermon because now we're going to include other people preaching those sermons. Now, when I say that, I want people to be very clear about what I'm talking about. Uh, Bruce has written a sermon that other people are going to use as a research base for a sermon that they'll develop off of that sermon. So they're not just copying and pasting and Bruce preaches a sermon and maybe Ryan's going to preach that at Egret Bay on that Sunday. And it, and it sounds just like, hi, my name is Bruce Wesley. Oh, I forgot yeah. to erase me and name. Susan. We're hanging yeah. out. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. not that it's very similar to what we do. And in fact, it's incredibly similar to what we do for Easter and Christmas. Uh, we'll have someone that initially writes a manuscript. And then, so Bruce will write that manuscript a week before. Here's the challenge. So now he's writing a sermon a week ahead of time. And uh, without getting too much in the weeds, he'll drop that sermon the following week out on one of our servers. The people that are scheduled to preach that sermon at different campuses concurrently will pick up that message and they'll have to develop their own sermon that following week leading into it. So now basically what we have to say is it takes two weeks to write and execute sermons when in the past it might take five days to do that. But that's to get more people at the table 
that's to get that's to have concurrent run well. And we haven't even broached the fact of what it would take to do live. But I'll let Bruce. He's the guy that's running after. He's the first guy to do it. So I'll, I'm sorry, I'm taking up his time here. No, not at all. I'm. You're doing the same thing. I just, I'm just the first one to to go at it. Uh, you know, there was a day. I mean, in our previous schedule, uh, all of the notes, for instance, were to be handed in by noon on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And even if that didn't work, uh, we had people kind of in the wings. They would work on Friday if they had to, you know, in order to have our messages ready to go for Sunday. Well, that world is gone. <clears throat> Because now we really need messages done by at least a week or almost a week, probably six days in advance, uh, so that we can include other people in the preparation process. Uh, meaning, you know, for instance, th- this last week, I finished the message at the end of the week. It dropped on a Monday, and uh, we're actually recording this on the Monday, so it dropped today in the morning. And, uh, then everybody who's going to be preaching it that next week, they start their preparation process. Well, realize we're going to be doing that each week. So somebody's going to be finishing a message at least a week in advance so that then other people can work on that message so that we are concurrent and more live uh, at all of our campuses immediately. It's really invisible to everyone else in the life of the church. It's it's pretty visible to all of us right now because it's a major change in our schedules. But again, yeah, we think the end product uh, is is something to celebrate. And let me give a little perspective. So, so this week, as Bruce said, he's he just dropped his sermon today. He'll preach it in two days. Everyone else will preach it on Sunday. But this week, I'm writing the sermon for the next week. And so it's it's all it's like you squeezed a balloon. Uh, something's going to, you know, you, you make one decision, then you have all these other decisions to make. So just to give people a little perspective of, of not only are we trying to do, run it concurrent, but we're also trying to uh, reduce the number of videos. So that's the second thing. So that's as we're moving towards more live, so I wouldn't say live, but more live, we've run around, I'm going to ballpark this, around 45% video in most all of our campuses, save Egret Bay because that's where we've captured up to this point. In the fall of 2021, starting this week, frankly, going all the way to the end of the year, we will reduce the video at a couple of our campuses all the way down to 30%. Uh, Another campus, uh, Clear Lake, will be at 35%. Those are big reductions. Mm -hmm. Those are a lot of weekends where we would just have done video, where now we're going to, our congregants are going to see more campus pastors preaching, or their campus pastors, I should say, preaching more. And uh, Bruce and Greg and I will be spread out. Uh, Lance Lawson's going to jump in. So it's kind of all hands on deck. Our, our, we're moving towards in the spring, as you get to January 2022, moving in that direction for that next four to six months. We're looking at possibly around 20% video at, at two of our campuses and Clear Lake moving to 30%. So, I mean, these are, I mean, we're... Our congregants will just see that we're not on doing video as much, but we'll have all kinds of people prepping every week, uh, getting ready to preach. And so there's a lot of, if, if people could see behind the curtain and all the preparation and scheduling, it looks like that you're an air traffic controller and you're just trying to get all the planes in just right on time without crashing because there's so many moving parts. Who's doing the study this week? How many guys can we have here? Who's out for whatever? And that's the kind of balancing act that we're trying to do. It's incredibly challenging, but again, 
We're hoping that this is the price you pay for mission that will be even more effective and inspire even more of our people to go reach their lost friends, to come bring them on Sundays, and uh, to disciple our people all the more who are already with us. Hmm. All right, well, then how about you tell us about what we have coming up this fall, like some of the message series we have coming up, things that you're excited about? Right. Well, I'm excited about what I'm currently working on, right? So uh, when people hear this, or when it drops, I should say, um, we will be one day after the start of, uh, at least on the weekends, of The Way. Uh, Subtitle is Learning to Walk with God Together. You know, we realize that uh, life happens in seasons. And one of the questions is about, you know... um, approaching new seasons like fall or spring season is how are we going to establish rhythms that will help us grow in our faith? And so the way is intended to help us see what are some of those habits and rhythms that we do together, not just individually, but what do we do together that helps us grow in our faith? So that's what I'm excited about. All right, so that brings us to Labor Day. Uh, What's the next series after that? After that, we're going to do a series called Salty. Sticking out for all the right reasons. That'll take us all the way to October, the, around October the 17th. And the idea behind it is many followers of Jesus are familiar with the passage in Matthew that you're the salt of the, you're the, salt of the earth, you're the light of the world. And the idea behind it is that we have, Christians have an influence and an impact in the culture that they live in. But far too often, it seems especially in the last several years, that, that Christianity has gotten a bad rap, and, and maybe they've earned it for the kind of the stands that they've taken and the positions they hold that aren't really fighting about uh, the gospel or how that impacts a culture, but maybe having their kind of their pet issues. And it's really negatively impacted their witness. And so what we wanted to do with this series is talk about how believers can live in the public arena in a way that while it might be strange to others, we're going to be strange in the right way. Like we want to be weird for all the right reasons. And so uh, that's what this series will be about. I'm super excited about it. It's got a lot of different issues that we're going to try to tackle to say, like, these are the things that Christianity, we as followers of Jesus, need to reclaim from the culture, you know, like sexuality or justice, or, you know, there's a plethora of different issues that we're going to talk about. So I'm super excited about about Salty and um, sticking out for all the right reasons. Yeah, and so people should know, too, that when we put series together, uh, that's something that Yancey and I, you know, work together on. Generally, uh, one of us is driving one of those series more than another. Uh, Yancey is kind of in the the chair of giving oversight to all of that, and um, so we we also include, you know, suggestions from some of our elders, some of our other pastors, that kind of thing. But we're developing those those series, and so uh, one of Yancey's brainchild uh, children is really the the series that's going to take place in November. Yeah, so we're going to do a thing called, uh, you know, I say it's called that. We we reserve the right to change any of these titles before we actually get there, but the working title of this is Table Talk, Making Meals Missional. You can't look at the Bible and not see that that food really has a very interesting part, and meals have an interesting part to play in the Scriptures. I mean, the Bible talks about, um, you know, that the, the God fed His people uh, with Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness, we see Jesus talking about food. I mean, our our whole gospel is is related in through cup and uh, cup and bread. We even have Jesus saying that you know in the future kingdom there'll be a feast. So there's this there's this narrative in the Bible about feasting and meals. And what we want to do in this series is really tell 
our followers of Jesus here at Clear Creek. Tell Creekers how they can be missional with it, how you can use meals to be evangelistic, how you can deepen your fellowship with it. And we may throw a couple of wrinkles in there along the way that we might do as campuses just to get around some food and have some fun with it, where you can invite your lost friends and family to maybe even get on campus to do some fun stuff. I don't want to say what they are because we haven't made it official yet. We may have some changes along the way. Uh, But really, the hope of Table Talk is to just reclaim the table for the gospel in all kinds of ways. And so it's a unique series. Uh, Bruce is a foodie, so maybe we'll have dress him up in a chef's hat and he can cook food. You know, he's done that before, by the way. There was a long time ago where he actually cooked hamburgers on, on stage. While I was a, preaching a sermon. While he was preaching. Medium rare, by the way. He finished it on time. <laughs> so that's what takes us all the way to November. Then, of course, as all of our Creekers know, uh, we will finish out the year with Advent. We always call it a Clear Creek Christmas, and we will, now that we're concor- concurrent, uh, we'll spend all four weeks talking about the four themes of Advent as we've done every year and just celebrate the birth of Jesus. Yeah. All right. I'm excited about it. And then we already have 2022 scheduled out, but we're not going to... Yeah. Yeah, we're well, not going to... Talk about some of those things just yet. We'll let everyone just wait. But just let it wait. It's going to be a good year. Cliffhanger. It's going to be a really good. It's going to be a really good, challenging year. We we thought what we would do is, without telling you all the stuff we're going to get into, we thought what's the most challenging thing we can do with our teaching team, our preaching team is well, we can go concurrent. We can actually add more live stuff, get them moving around, and then we can start 2022 with some of the most challenging texts to preach through that any preachers ever wanted to preach. Are through. you not going to reveal that? Well, yet? I think that uh, th- that revelation may have to wait for later. Okay, all right, all right, Bruce. Final question for you. So, as we go into the fall, you talked about new rhythms that you know are coming up, especially after the last year and a half. Everyone's lives are a little you know, disjointed. Uh, one of the things we talk about is just our heart to see our missional intensity just increase and return as we're inviting people and especially all these conversations about mission. How are we on mission together as a church family? So if you're talking to someone who's part of Clear Creek, they're on mission, how would you just encourage them as they are going into the fall? You know, I think I, I, I think the best thing I could say to people is... In light of where we've been, and by that I mean, you know, we're 16, 17 months, not just into a pandemic, but into um, what some people are calling a cultural convulsion. You know, that's uh, David Brooks' language, I think, uh, that talks about about every 60 years we experience this cultural convulsion. And there are so many difficult issues that we're facing, so much so that people feel a lot of division. It it seems like... um, Either you, if you like to pick a fight, then you, you always want to talk about something because somebody's going to dislike it and you know there's going to be an argument before you know it. Uh, for everyone who doesn't want to be in a fight like that, they just don't want to say anything about anything anymore. And yet when, when we get back to mission, when we get back to the idea that God has made us ambassadors for Christ, and so we both get to represent him and reach out with his love to others for the sake of their reconciliation to Jesus. And we all come to that thing together. All of a sudden, life gets a whole lot more simple, right? I mean, all those things that can get so complicated because everyone else's opinions uh, don't seem to matter quite so much. So I would say, uh, let's get back to just a real focus on praying for our lost friends, engaging them in really... Um, 
not just amiable ways, but beautiful ways, ways that reflect the goodness, the kindness of God. I mean, that's why I'm really excited about Table Talk, too, because it's this built-in way of saying, you know what, we're going to make some great food, and we're going to sit down with people that we love who may not love Jesus, and we're going to demonstrate grace, even in the meals that we have. So get back on mission, because on mission, life takes on a great deal of simplicity and power. Good yeah, word. man, that's awesome. It really is a, if you think about our our, la, our next two series after the way, it really is a runway for being winsome. It's a mm-hmm. runway to winsomeness. Love that word, of, winsome. Of, of being salty for the right reasons and then getting people around the table. Both of those sermon series really are very missional in their focus. And so it really is hopefully a, a, a just a a highway to winsomeness for people to, to to take their friends on. So we're super excited about where we're going. Even with the as challenging it's going to be, we're, we're hoping that we're going to have some big payoffs by the Lord's grace. So, by the way, I know that you, you're closing this thing off. Really want to celebrate. This is the 100th episode, so just want to celebrate you, Ryan, and Rachel, and John, Absolutely. and Brad, and Eric, and all the guys that make this podcast possible. For 100 episodes, it's really amazing the impact that it's already had, the downloads that we get. Uh, I know that you and Rachel work really hard. Well, I'll just say, I know Rachel works really hard <laughs> at this, and and to see to see what in really a short amount of time has been an incredibly impactful ministry, man. Just a happy 100, bro. Yeah, way, way to go. go. Thank Rachel, you, thank you too, and everybody else. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks. And thanks for being here on this 100th episode. All right. So for those of you who are listening, thanks for checking out Clear Creek Resources Podcast on this 100th episode. Uh, when you're listening, make sure you check out clearcreekresources.org where we have all the things that we talked about, articles. You can check out the sermons, now concurrent. Um, and then uh, thanks for listening.